Hello everybody, Mr. Wilson here with a special announcement. Episodes 17 and 18 of Game Master Speakeasy were recorded in a new location with a new audio setup. As such, there are a few hiccups in this audio. We are still learning what we need to do and how to do it. Uh, but until then, we ask that you please bear with us in this time of transition. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. What's the password? <laughs> Welcome to the Game Master Speakeasy. Brought to you by the record button. Hello and welcome to the Game Master's Speakeasy. Come in off the street, grab a seat. My name is Cody. I'm joined by... Lance! Lance. Hi, I'm Lance. That's Lance. Uh, if you haven't uh, realized it already, like maybe you're just tuning in. I th- what is this? I think this is episode 17. If you've somehow missed the first 16, now you know who we are. Uh, but just in case you somehow have missed the first 16, what do we do here, Lance? Uh, we talk about games and we drink beer. That's right. We Well, we drink alcohol. Because yeah, we are. Yeah, tw- we are. It, it has been mostly beer. Yeah, it's mostly beer. But you, you did the the Bloody Mary mix, some, your homemade one time. That's true. I got uh, but we like to talk upstairs. about specifically and mostly tabletop role playing games. You know, with occasionally we mention skirmish war games or card games or board games. But the primary purpose here is that both he and I are game masters. And we're here to talk about such things because, well, honestly, we just can't we, we can't shut the heck up about it. That's true. We play them all the time, and then we talk about them on a podcast. We stay up till 2, 3 a.m. talking about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so before we jump into the, the main shtick for today's episode, as always, let's have some news, which is... Maybe new to uh, maybe new to us, maybe not new to you, but it's it's new to somebody. Uh, and very loosely related is uh, Kenobi is out. Have you you don't have Disney Plus, but I'm gonna tell you right now it's good. And this is tabletop related because there you know there is a tabletop Star Wars game. game for Star Wars, <laughs> and there has been for quite a long time various uh, versions of it. So you know Kenobi's out. I'll and be I on like it. it. I'll be honest, I gave up on Star Wars after the Last Jedi. Oh, I, yeah, I was pretty I much done at that point. But that's because you still haven't seen the Mandalorian. I don't care. Oh my gosh. Alright, well, regardless, uh, Kenobi is out and releasing weekly, and I'm loving it. But it's got me kind of in the mood to run like a like a Star Wars game. Like to run a, 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 a Star Wars... I don't know if we would do like the original D6 Star mm-hmm. Wars, because we've never I've never run one or played in one. We, as, as much of a f- Star Wars uh, fan I have been throughout the majority of my life, I've never done it. Me and Dan did a very brief one. I think it was one of the older versions, maybe the D6 one. Foggy, we did the the campaign didn't last particularly long. I were you both so, players, or were you running it? Um, that was back in the days where I was still doing a DMPC a lot of the time. Oh much gosh. As I, we just didn't we have enough players, right. or we didn't have enough whatever going on in order to do it. So you kind of have to supplement your your group with that. It's a mistake that I, I don't care to repeat in an adulthood. But. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about yeah. DMPCs it's, it's before. Just, it's a terrible idea. Don't, just, don't do, just don't do it. Uh, what else? Uh, Modifius, the people that are responsible for like Star Trek Adventures and the Dune Imperium RPG, and I think the Conan one too. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, they have um, announced slash released a 
campaign, which I am not surprised, it is the Dune Imperium Agents of Dune boxed set, which is basically you play uh, and run specifically a family that has recently been given governorship of Arrakis recently. Okay. <laughs> like that's that's the th- like you have to you have to do the Atreides move and and survive. That's just it's a crap job. Nobody nobody wants that job. Well, no, it, that's the thing. Well, everybody, everybody wants, wants that, that job, job, but <laughs> but it's a dangerous <laughs> job. Uh, and I am currently, which is coincidental, because I am currently uh, rereading Dune. I'm juggling that. I'm trying to juggle rereading Dune and then re- reading more into it because I have not read more than the first book. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, reread Wheel of Time. And those these are two very long series. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Agents of Dune is available for I think at least pre-order. Um, it was announced. I think it's recent news because the. Uh, UK, uh, t- like the Games Expo just ended that ran from June 3rd uh, through the 5th, which okay. is kind of like, it's like a, a across the pond mini Gen Con, I think. Gotcha. Essentially, it's like all tabletop related stuff mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge. I mean, I've never been, so I've been <laughs> to Gen Con. I haven't been to uh, the UK before. Are they doing Gen Con like live this year? Or? Yeah, yeah, they are. Are they? Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, I think that it might be. Don't. What month is it? June? Oh, yeah. It's probably too late to go and also get event tickets. Because yeah. usually the passes come out and then the event tickets are sold later. Mm-hmm. And when Jared and I went in 2019, we didn't get our passes until late. And then most of the cool events were already, already sold, sold out. out. I mean, it was still a really fun experience, but we we made sure that. The next time we go, it'll be when we can do events. We should plan for next year. Yeah, plan yeah, ahead for next year. I would also like to go to Adepticon next year, too. Where's which that is, at? That is in, uh, not, where's that? Hotel Schaumburg. Where's that in? Uh, that's on the suburbs of Chicago, I think. Isn't that where Gen Con is in Chicago? No, Chicago's in Indianapolis. Or Gen Con's in Indianapolis? Gen, Gen Con's in Indianapolis. Oh. Adepticon is, in, is on the outskirts of Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gen, yeah, Gen Con's, yeah, sorry. Gen Con is in Indianapolis and has been for a while. And uh, vice, and then what the other thing I just said. But uh, I'd like to go to both because I've been getting more and more into the like skirmish war game. And oh, painting is that, minis. That, what a that, that's bonus. that's that's like a it's basically painting minis and then playing the games that those minis are involved in. Gotcha. As Adepticon, I think that's I think that's actually where they host the uh, the United States version of the Golden Demon Award, which is Games Workshops painting competition. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you can also take classes from. Really famous painters. So I don't. I don't pay well enough to win any of that. Well, that's why you should go to a class. <laughs> but I don't care if I paint well enough to do that. Anyway, uh, the next piece of news: the One Ring, which we have done a single session of so far. Mm-hmm. They have recently released a, a separate mode for five bucks. You can get it off Drive Through RPG uh, called Strider Mode, and and this is essentially the One Ring with additional rules for solo play. So if you can't wrangle your friends into playing the One Ring, there are, is now a $5 supplement where you can... It's called Strider Mode for a mm-hmm. reason. Uh, I assume it's to kind of capture the flavor. You know, you think of, you think of Aragorn uh, doing solo stuff Any really, before, uh, before any, he joins the Fellowship, yeah. before the Fellowship happens. Uh, what else? There's also... There's only five days left in the Kickstarter at the time of recording, so the, by the time this episode comes out, uh, it'll have already been closed. Mm-hmm. But there is a... Batman Gotham City Chronicles miniatures board game and role-playing game. Like, they're two separate things, I hmm. think, but both under the same IP. And it's basic... I didn't really look into the details of the board game, and I skimmed the role-playing game because, well, that's what we do here. And 
it looks to be kind of like how the Cowboy Bebop one is, which is very there are cinematic. Well, it's very cinematic and storytelling, but there are rules for playing existing characters okay. in a universe where you know you can go in and with your friends, and that means someone in the group gets to be Batman. Obviously, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, by the way, have you seen the newest movie of it? No. Neither have I. No. All right, we're behind. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> but anyway, I. Uh, do you know what all of these things have in common? All these different news topics? Uh, they're all licensed? That's exactly correct. <laughs> That'll come right back in into the uh, main topic today. But that's all I have for uh, news that I wanted to talk about. So why don't you tell me what we did recently in the tabletop gaming experience? I believe that Call of Cthulhu was one of our more recent escapades. Yeah, we ran that last Tuesday. Yeah, we did. Um, From your perspective as one of the players, what happened and how did it go? <laughs> well, let's see. Um, we split the party, as we oft do. A um, couple of the characters, uh, the scientist and the priest, decided to go underneath Miskatonic University into the tunnels... Yes, into the maintenance tunnels, uh -huh. towards the sound of the boiler room. Where uh, they were accosted by what I believe to be one of the suspects that we've been concerned about, although that was not made 100% clear. Um, I don't think it was actually the monster, unless the monster and the suspect are one and the same. Um, so they, they dealt a little bit with that. Um, we have all, I think, learned the value of push rolls. Even oh, in yes. failure, honestly. Even in failure. If you're playing the Call of Cthulhu system, push your rolls a lot. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't to be afraid to push, push because it. pushing your roll and failing doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get killed. It just means things are going to get weird. And when you're playing Call of Cthulhu, you want things to get weird. Yeah, it makes things. I think the most interesting moments are are when people fail their push rolls. Yeah, no, I agree. Because if you succeed, it's just kind of like you achieved what you wanted to. Mm -hmm. If you fail, I get to. Make whatever I feel like happen, which yep. is a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you, in this game, compared to other tabletop role-playing games, have you, or have I succeeded in creating a tension? Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely, and definitely you've done that in spite of the fact that none of us can stop making jokes about things. We've Oh yeah. Try as we might. Um, Usually that's that's what breaks tension. Right? Yeah, but, but people breaking into my narrations, you know, saying things about uh, members and units and other inappropriate talk. Yeah, no, I mean we've and we have I feel like we've tried, but we're just not capable of one hundred percent of the no. uh, like it's, me, me and Dan especially just can't. You can't, just can't quiet can't, it. Can't, no, we can't quit making. Bad. It comes as naturally as breathing. It really does. But <laughs> in spite of all of that, yeah, you have definitely built up a lot of tension. My character, who is a uh, career thief, did a little breaking and entering um, into the uh, the shack of the guy that this suspect that I, I've been talking about and. What we know is there's a lot of interconnected tunnels underneath this town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the sewer system run. I don't I mean, I don't know if this is canon. Just like every other existing system I take, I don't, I don't know. I didn't bother to look up if Arkham actually has, like, a yeah. really big sewer system. sewer system, but it suited my needs, nope, so now it, it does. It's working, but yeah, that's basically the only thing of value I found in his house. That's, a, that's another reiterated piece of advice for any game masters out there. If you're running your own home game... Do whatever the heck you want with existing lore. Make the setting work for you, yeah, not the it, other way around. Exactly. It should be something that enables you to create more easily a functioning and fun experience. For sure. Uh, so, wh who's your favorite 
other player character. That's uh, out of all the other four in the group. Since you're playing the uh, Irish burglar, who is your favorite PC? Mm. Not necessarily who your character. Who's what's Lance's favorite yeah, other no, PC? Not I, not who your character likes yeah, the no, most. I, I, I feel like. Uh... I feel like Killian doesn't particularly like the good doctor, but I kind of do. Spent <laughs> uh, Dan's character, yeah, Dan's Doctor character. Spencer yeah, Spengler. I I do like him uh, and his albino chimpanzee yeah, he's, Bippo. He's weird. He's just mad because I won't throw myself in front of monsters to to help him out in his endeavors. Which I'm I'm glad someone is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, if you guys want to get any work done, someone's got to be willing to throw themselves in, uh, into the danger. You know, I feel like I have more than pulled my weight when it comes to digging for clues. I just do it from and the perspective of a guy that doesn't want to get eaten by whatever the hell is stalking around Arkham right now. Which kind of makes <laughs> sense if your character has a sense of self-preservation. I mean, he's got the other... Uh, I mean, I don't know how much we've talked about that, but he does have existing family mm -hmm. that yeah. he cares for and that is younger than him. Well, and I mean, he, he fled to America because he had gotten in some trouble... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, back home, back home with yeah. some criminal elements. Uh, they cut his face all up, and uh, uh, yeah, he, that's why he's got the uh, the Glasgow smile. Yeah, Glasgow so um, smile. he he fled there because he he wanted to keep himself and his brother safe. I don't see why, from his perspective, doing something deliberate like that he perceives as deliberately dangerous, yeah, is you know terribly wise. So what else? Um, from my perspective, I. Of course, I'm constantly always uh, doubting, especially because the jokes are made. <laughs> I, from my side of the dungeon masters, or sorry, keepers screen, I can't quite tell uh, if everyone is feeling the tension and drama. But everyone seems to be having almost more fun in Call of Cthulhu I than. Was going to say, if you want any indicator of what you're doing right, I think the vast majority of the group they look they, they look forward, forward to Call to of Cthulhu more than they do to the our very long-running campaign in Pathfinder. So. Oh yeah, in D&D slash yeah. Pathfinder. Started in D&D. Yeah. Uh, so that is all we've got for uh, our recent experience, I'd say. What are we... Oh, well, first of all, um, by the way, if you haven't already gotten one, you can walk right up to the bar where today's bartender, Vigo, can serve you an age-appropriate beverage. What are we drinking today? Okay. It's from New Glarus, Wisconsin, yes. bottled in New Glarus. Yep. So me and the wife, um, last weekend, yeah, last weekend, we uh, we took a trip to the Dells. And while we were at a gas station picking up some uh, some stuff to, to take back to the, the Airbnb we were staying at, I noticed that they had a New Glarus coffee stout. Yeah. Now, I am familiar with New Galeris beers. A mutual friend of ours is from Wisconsin and used to bring me back beer all the time when he would go home to visit his family. Yeah, spotted cow. Yeah, spotted cow. Drank a lot of that. And me and Sarah have been to the brewery in New Galeris uh, previously. So, I'm familiar with the beer. And the, the kicker about New Galeris is, as far as I am aware, they only sell it in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't just buy it in, in any old state, either in the Midwest or in the rest of the country. So, you kind of have to go to Wisconsin to get it. And I, I don't know if that's just their decision or if there's a Wisconsin law. Or yeah, I, I don't that. know. If, I don't know if it has something to do with it. Maybe they're just making enough profit in state. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But whatever the case, you can't buy new players outside of Wisconsin, and so we can't get it here at home. Uh, so I thought the better of picking up a little six-pack of this to, to bring home, and we drank some of it while we were there, and I figured to save the rest of it for our recording. Yeah. And I appreciate that. So we're, we're drinking this new Glarus coffee stout, and I... I like it. It's all right. 
Um, it's, it's mild for a, for that's, a coffee that's, stout. That's it, what I was going to say. The coffee stouty flavor is very uh, tempered. It is dialed back. It's a lot more subtle. A lot, of, a lot of times when you drink a lot of stouts and a lot of dark beers, they're not the kind of beers you can drink large quantities of. Yeah, this one This, this one, one feels like you could probably sit down to a six-pack of this one and, and be crack okay. Crack this open around the campfire and, yeah, and, and, and drink, oh, I want a coffee stout, but I don't want to be, you know, uh, too I don't feel, heavy. I don't want to feel like I have, like, chocolate in my stomach. <laughs> a chocolate boulder that yeah. you're carrying around, sloshing everywhere. All right, well, this is delicious. Thank you for saving us. Absolutely. Uh, now, on to today's main topic as i hinted at before licensed rpgs as a broad topic my first question to you is just and i understand that anytime i ask a question you can always say it depends but it generalized how do you feel about licensed rpgs i don't like them you know, okay please uh, please expound on that I, why, why don't you like them now some are better than others obviously like you said there there is a big it depends factor but as a general there's rule, a, it, de- it, it everything always depends yeah. right you know there's but always exceptions the, usually the and, thing that i don't like for the most part about licensed rpgs is games that get licensed tend to be games from very popular ips and those very popular IPs have very well-established canon, which I, as a GM, feel like, unless you're willing to just rewrite the the canon to make sure that your players can have some impact on the world, I feel like it's hard to, for the players to feel like they're getting the same kind of epic experience as the characters in the, the other media of it. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're playing a Star Wars RPG, for example, and it's, like, when it comes to, like, the Star Wars time, like, the different eras of Star Wars, yeah, I like the Old Republic the best because it's the least fleshed out. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the one that has the most room for your players to have a big impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, if you're playing one that, ta- say, takes place between episodes four and five or something, Right, there's a there's lot of... only so much your players can do to impact that universe because you know that the events of movie or of episodes five and six have to happen. Right, and so... unless as a GM, like I said, you're willing to rewrite the canon. This was Which, the same as we discussed earlier. You're totally allowed to you, do. You absolutely are, but I, if you're like me, you have a hard time completely rewriting the universe. It just you just kind of feel like maybe there's this weird itch at the back of your brain as you're doing yeah. it. Like this this isn't right. Well, that was that was the same apprehension I had when we started playing uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, it was yeah. kind of that same thing because it takes place between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Right. My whole thought was, yeah, I mean, how much can we really do that's going to have that kind of cool you know, because badass you already, feeling impact because we already we already know what's going to happen. So, do you think that uh, the One Ring RPG would be a lot better if it was set in like the Second Age or something, where there's there's still stuff known, but it's not as popular? Yeah, I do, and it's it's. We talked about this a little bit when we had discussed the Avatar RPG. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you wanted to do it back during the Hundred Year War. Yeah, where well, there's in, not a lot of stuff instead known. of after Aang's. Uh, his his cycle, you yeah, know, his lifespan. And yet, instead of like you know, like when he was frozen and got thought out, da, 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 you know what I'm talking right, about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so, before all of that, and that I agree with. I think that's a, a better place to put the plot than within kind of the the, the bigger universe. But it also depends. Me and Dan had discussed a little bit of uh, of the Cowboy Bebop game. Oh yeah, yeah. And the nice thing about Cowboy Bebop as a as an IP is it's it's a pretty low level 
series of events. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of episodes from the original anime that are just, that it's episodic. Yeah, it's just, of. just It goes back hunting. and forth. Mm-hmm. There's like a sine wave where it dips into advancing an overarching plot and then rises up, or maybe that's a, maybe the opposite. It dips down into episodic, mm-hmm. just shenanigans, like the, like the Fridge episode. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> if, is, you, if you have never seen it, go watch just Cowboy watch, Bebop. There's and 26 get, episodes, you'll thank me later. There's also a good movie. I haven't seen the movie. And I then there, the it, but there's also, when you get to the, the well, the, the freezer episode, yeah. you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it has no bearing on the overarching nope. plot, but it's very memorable. It's, it's very funny. Yeah. But me and Dan had discussed it because the only real major kind of like whole world affecting event that really took place during that entire series was um, was the the inter the like the internal war within the syndicate. Oh yeah, like that's the only thing that really happened there. So you could make you could play that game as a licensed IP and just have your characters be a table of randomly assorted cowboys, bounty hunters, mm-hmm. hunting randomly assorted bounties, getting involved into some of the the stuff in there, and you wouldn't really have any way to like break the storyline. Oh yeah, because I think uh, I'm, I'm going just off of pure memory here, but you know how in Cowboy Bebop they have that like TV show yeah, the... geared exactly towards bounty hunters. Uh-huh. Like I think one of the first lines from those characters on that in-universe TV show is like, "Hey, all thirty thousand cowboys in the system," something Which, like that. Yeah, and, and the story followed five of them, right? <laughs> exactly. So that kind of leaves it leaves a little more open and. The syndicate is also kind of like directly tied to assuming that all the members of the Bebop are player characters. The syndicate's tied to the backstory of one of them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's directly tied to an existing character's plot and less uh, world plot. Whereas in the One Ring, you know that Frodo and the Fellowship are gonna well not the whole the Fellowship falls apart technically. But yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They set out and then Frodo gets the ring and that's how evil is actually defeated. And that in the One Ring you are just kind of making your own stories, and nothing you do will defeat Sauron because yeah. that doesn't happen for well, another and, and six I, years I, unless you you know want I, it to. I, I guess. think you could make a low level campaign and something like that that'd be fun. But I think the problem is for the most part your players' expectations going into a game like that yeah. is that you're going to get to live through an epic tale similar to what occurred in The Hobbit or in The Lord of the Rings, and that's really hard to do from a GM perspective. If you don't, if you're not willing to break the canon specifically, right. to to write something like that for your players, which seems to me like you're almost in a way setting them up for disappointment, which is a shame because from the one session we played, I think the system is solid. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I had no problem with the game mechanically. I just I have a hard time getting into licensed IP for a lot of those reasons. So it, for you, what I'm gathering is it's mostly the ones that have big important plots. Yeah, are yeah, the problem. That's so. How do you feel about? Um, like comic book RPGs, like, you know, the Batman one. Uh-huh. You think about how comics release and, you know, different writers take the reins. Yeah, they reset the universe they every reset the universe. couple of years yeah. in, in comic books. So would you be more comfortable with that kind of situation? Because then we're essentially telling our own version of how the Joker, you know, uh, offs so-and-so, you know, no spoilers for <laughs> Death in the Family or other certain um, events. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of a happy middle ground. But in a scenario like that, I would probably rather just go out and buy one of the many superhero RPGs. And make your own And superheroes. make my own characters, or as a GM, make my own plot lines. Yeah. 
like instead of kind of doing my own half-assed retelling of some Batman stuff, right? I can just just do my own. Yeah, <laughs> you have your own. It, uh, it, so I, I guess what I'm saying is that that particular type of book for me doesn't serve much of a purpose. Okay, it's not that it's a bad idea. It's that. For in my f- mind, the better idea is to go get a superhero RPG and just do it yourself. Right. To, to, to come mm-hmm. up with your own original thing yeah. and not use characters that are planned out for you. But I think that's also part of our group, right? Like, mm. we, we often... I mean, even when we've got uh, the few times where we run or play pre-written adventures, uh, except for my my unsuccessful iteration of Storm King's Thunder. Uh, the, like, when we did, um, what is it, Devil's Tower? Is that the one we did yeah. for Deadlands? Yep. You know, I've I'm sure, I, I haven't read the, the book, but I'm sure that you did what you could to incorporate our character's existing yeah, of story into it. Well, and, and I think, too, that that's one of the things that, that I, I, if you look at our group specifically, now that you mentioned it, we all like to make characters. Like, most of us aren't big fans of pre-gens, so in a scenario where you're doing that, where you're like, okay, well, you get to play Batman, and I guess I'll play the Red Hood, and oh, somebody yeah. will play Robin, or da 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 I don't think most of us are that into that idea. That's fair. That is true. I, I, it might be a, a per-group thing. Like, if you're playing with a group that has a lot of people that are cool with you showing up with pre-gens for them to play, mm-hmm. then it's a, uh, a perfectly acceptable route to take. And I think it would be a good way to demo your game. You know, yeah. if you have... I assume that um, when the Marvel RPG that has its had its te- we talked about it, yeah. they had a test beta book you can get for like 10, 15 bucks. I'm sure that when that comes out, it has rules for also generating your own characters. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like at a con and you're demoing your RPG or you're demoing an RPG from a company, then running existing characters is easier to get into. Well, yeah, you don't you don't want to you don't want to waste the several hours that usually goes into character creation if you're trying to demo something. Here, here's here's play a question Wolverine. though. <laughs> um, it it does kind of create an interesting situation where if you're playing an existing character, you as the player character generally already have an idea on how to roleplay them. Mm-hmm. Now, can I ask you a question? Uh, this is a this is a Matt Colville point, actually. Okay. Have you played The Last of Us? Yes. Alright, so you've played it all the way through. Uh, spoiler alert for The Last of Us, yeah. the first one. I haven't played the second one. I can't spoil it anyway. That's fine. I'm worried about the first one. At the end, when you are going to save Ellie, what did you do to the doctors in the room? I'm pretty sure I killed them. You're pretty sure you're pretty sure you killed all of them, right? Sure I killed all of them. And why did you do that? Uh, because they were gonna cut her head open. And... Is it because that's what Joel would do? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's what no, Matt, I, that's what I Matt was, Colville says. I was he did de- it because that's what Joel. I would was do. definitely rocking the like Joel as a dad mentality that he had taken toward Ellie through the, that game. The, the implied ex raider turned dad. Yeah, yeah. Basically, well, the the dad turned raider turned yeah. turned adopted father. Again. Yeah. After everything, like, because the whole the whole shtick with him and that and that the thing was, and that's this is the whole reason for the intro giving that that flesh to him is, you know, he had a daughter, right, and she died during this event, and it kind of screwed him up, and I th- I think that he always saw Ellie as like his second chance. Oh yeah, that's you know what I mean, oh, like for sure. Like he this was his second chance to have a daughter and to be a dad and to to do that. And then you find out that these doctors are willing to chop her up in order to get the cure for this thing. And if I remember right, it wasn't even like a hundred percent guarantee. This was 
they, this is just they were throwing their oh, they were taking their only shot. That yeah, they this, saw. Th- this this might work. Yeah, this and might work. So Joel did what I think any good father would do in that scenario and murdered a whole bunch of people. <laughs> what I would have done in that same scenario. Yeah, I mean, so you, you protect your kid, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't respect their decision. Yep. Yeah, well, listen, sometimes kids do dumb things and you got to guide them. <laughs> they, they aren't capable of making their own decisions. But my point here is that you made a choice based on the existing character's personality. Yes, essentially. Uh-huh. Uh, so how do you feel maybe if you were running existing characters for one-shots? I know we don't play a lot of one-shots, mm-hmm. but would you say I was say that I said, hey... So and so can't make it this next Tuesday. We're gonna play the, this new Batman RPG, and we're gonna just do it as a one shot. Then would you be comfortable playing an existing? Yeah, I mean, if 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 the intention of it is to make it into a one shot, mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. I I just wouldn't do that with any oh, long running campaign. With, well, with anything that I even thought was going to become a long running campaign, because sometimes. Excuse me. Sometimes you do a one shot, and you're like, "Man, this was a lot of fun. Maybe we should keep playing this." Oh yeah, that's that. You know, I'm, in I'm that sure case, that I would start over from zero and make them make characters and, and run them through it. But. Yeah, and then you could just have the events of the one shot be canon. Yeah, so that's a which is a good yeah. idea in my opinion. Yeah. Anyway, so what is your opinion on licensed games? Because I, I, I know I take a, a more narrow view of it probably than most people. Yeah, I, I'm. It de- like if I like a setting, mm-hmm. I get excited to okay. run something in it, regardless of what it is. I approached the One Ring with excitement to test it out, not just because of its rules, but because I like the Lord of the Rings. Um, I think that I could have fun with the Avatar game, uh, regardless of what time period. I picked the Hundred Years' War because I knew that would give you guys the most freedom Mm -hmm. to create interesting, unique characters that could have great impacts. Like, imagine defending the walls of Ba Sing Se and when Iroh is sieging it or something I don't, I don't like know that. what you're talking about. There is no war in Ba Sing Se. Uh, well, <laughs> there is no war in Ba Sing Se. My name is Julie. If you have not seen Avatar, give yourself a treat. It's fun for all ages. And specifically Avatar The Last Airbender is yeah. what I'm talking about. Not the terrible live action movie. Oh, God. Um, and it's really just, it, that's all it comes down to. If I like a setting, I would be excited to run a even a continuous adventure in mm-hmm. it. Uh, in, I could do it using existing characters. However, I think I would be prone not to, uh, just because if someone made a crazy weird decision for an existing character, I would feel weird as the GM. Like if if we we're letting playing, them do it. <laughs> yeah, letting them do it. Like mm-hmm. if we were playing Batman and Dan was Batman and he just started. Making people. dudes' teeth go through the back of their skull, yeah. like, and they were like actually killing, then I would feel really weird about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be one of those uh, childhood situations where I'd be tempted to be like, "Nah, you can't do that. I have a shield." You know, well, and I go through your shield because I have a photon disintegrator. You know, well, they were just making stuff up. And for that to work, you have to have a group that's going to buy into the characters they're playing because Batman basically has like the tier one pacifist hindrance from like Deadlands oh, where you, yeah, yeah. you can defend yourself you can fight but you can't actually kill anybody yeah like he basically has that I mean it is against his code to kill people so you know you can fight you can win but you know the second you have a player that takes over that role and decides that they're gonna just you know start like sticking batarangs in people's eye sockets and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, like, well, the, well, the well, horror well, movie on. version of Batman where, <laughs> yeah. he, where he's the monster yeah Exactly. Like, that's, you know, so you have to have a group that's buying it. 
they yeah. can they can say, all right, if, if I give you the ability to play as Batman, can you do do you know who Batman is? Right. Do you understand what Batman's about, and are you confident that you are capable of role playing? It's kind of not dissimilar to your D and D five E characters' personality traits and mm-hmm. flaws and bonds and things like that. You have to just make sure that you really keep an eye on them as role playing cues, mm-hmm. so that you don't go, I guess, out of character. Uh, here's my next question to you: Is as someone who does not like licensed RPGs. What is your exception? What is what is a setting that is a licensed setting that if I said, okay, we're going to play this, you might be able to find some excitement about it? I think that... Your, your number one favorite setting that you think would work best for you as a player uh, or a game master, you know, whichever one you'd be most willing to run or play as a licensed uh, setting. I mean, I think we already talked about it. Cowboy Bebop one is... Cow- is Cowboy Bebop? But it's not just what about, because... What about Blade Runner? Blade well, Runner's I, coming out. Well, I was going to say... Yeah, what's your favorite, you think? Um... I honestly think that, like, I think Cowboy Bebop would be a really fun setting to play. I, I yeah. but but the thing is, for me, like, any of any of those kind of like street level grittier licensed settings, I'm gonna be a little warmer to, because, like I said, with those settings, like the entire Blade Runner universe, there's enough of it there that you could carve out your own little piece and not ever interrupt any of the major plot points of the series. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I don't feel the same way about Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't think that there's, at least if you're trying to play in the specific eras of either The Hobbit, Between The Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings, or Lord of the Rings, I just don't think there's a lot of... I don't think there's a lot of oxygen left in there. You know what I mean? Like, there's just all of the cool stuff that has happened in the movies and the books... Is, is eating up all that bandwidth, and it's really hard to find a place for your players to feel like they are equivalently epic characters to the ones that they want to be like going into that set. What about 40k? There are 40k RPGs, which are technically, that is yeah, a licensed RPG that is true. from an existing IP that is not previously a... But wasn't 40k... A game before it was an IP for other stuff. I mean, it was a uh, it was the war game. Yeah, right? well, that's what I mean. Which... I'm, I'm, I guess I guess what I'm asking is, do you count this as a because it's technically a licensed RPG, right? I, if you're I, if you're playing um, the what is it? Uh, there's a bunch of different 40k I was and Age of and fantasy like Warhammer Fantasy roleplay is based on Warhammer Fantasy, mm-hmm. but you've got I think Dark Heresy is the name mm-hmm. of the one where you play uh, Inquisition members yeah, or people so. that attach to it. There is uh, the current one which is uh, Wrath and Glory. It's 40k Wrath and Glory currently run by. Um, something Cubicle Seven. That's it. Uh, they have adopted Wrath and Glory. So my question to you is: uh, Do you count that as licensed, and would that compete? Because I know you are a big 40k lore fan. Not uh, ne- you've never played the tabletop, but you love the lore I, and the video games. I do not consider. I mean, with the amount of books they have, I can understand why you would consider it a licensed IP. Because exactly. There's a lot of narrative uh-huh, that is that considered is canon e- existing in it. But to me, it just feels different because it was a game before it was a series of books, before mm-hmm. before the, the lore became its own media yeah, and system. It, and only recently are we having uh, Warhammer Plus, and I think there was what? there wasn't, wasn't there a terrible movie at one point? There was a 3D movie that they did that was pretty 
PlayStation 2. <laughs> like, in terms of... Oh, in terms of its graphics? Yeah, I mean, it was probably a little bit better than that, but the models were very stiff. They felt they all felt really stiff. It, the, they not only... Uh... They, so they looked robotic, even though they're humans and yeah, in, uh, in robo suits. But I mean, even when they have, it's their... kind of got that rigid animate. Not quite as bad as the original uh, Donkey Kong Country TV show, but <laughs> not quite that. But I mean, even when they had their helmets off, like the facial expressions and all that, you were like, uh... you could, yeah, that's fair. So, so I guess um, maybe where we draw the line is uh, if it was a game first, it doesn't I, count. I, I, well, I think if it at was, least for you, I think if it was a game first. I'm already a little bit warmer to it. Okay. But with that said, even with the IP stuff aside, I do think that there are a lot of epic tales to be told in the 40k universe because it's so big. Right. That there's still an option there to carve out something for you. If you and had a the, squad. And I mean, in the current canon now, after what ninth edition, they've literally split the known galaxy yeah, in half, half. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you have any question? Well, I guess I could answer this question. At least currently, I think it would be Dune. Okay. Yeah, uh, I partially because we as a group, our specific group. There has not been much in the way of a political intrigue game. There has been Mm -hmm. peppered political intrigue throughout the fantasy game, but it's never been the core thing, right? Yeah. Whereas in Dune, that's gonna that's gonna be the game. It's gonna be it's gonna be politics and backstabbing, a lot of good role playing. Uh, I'd be really excited to run it. I think I'd be even more excited to play it. And then I think uh, if I had to pick maybe a, a second option, honestly, uh, Star Wars. Okay. I, I'm just, I grew up. Uh, those were my favorite movies as a child. I think just by the mere exposure effect, I'd really like to run or play a Star Wars game someday. Okay. Uh, if you were going to, uh, do, well, how about this? Do you have any additional advice for people that might be willing to uh, run or wanting to run a licensed RPG? Any sort of uh, tidbits to help people make it their own? Or uh, For starters, I'll say one. You can usually take certain existing systems and without too many rules changes. Uh, Like, Cowboy Bebop is pretty low sci-fi space adventure Mm -hmm. there are plenty you could probably play traveler and use that system instead i'm sure traveler would work fine for that it seems like you could use traveler um maybe even i haven't looked at the rules for the well there's an expanse rpg that's a Mm -hmm. licensed thing yeah and i'm sure that's got decent rules for it um i would bet that's got some pretty really or some really good space travel rules oh yeah i mean the show did a really good job of covering that so That'd be something to look into, too, is if maybe you want to run a setting, but you don't like the licensed RPG, take a look at other settings. Yeah, there there are a lot of other systems out there, either the the generic ones that are kind of built to do a little bit of everything, or similar systems. I mean, there's still that rumor going around that Traveler was basically what inspired Firefly. Yes, the (laughs) the quote-unquote rumor. Yeah. For me, it's reality. I mean... There's enough... I I have, I, I let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Like if I were to find confirmation that that little rumor is true, I would I would be like, yeah, no, that makes some sense. It's like the first episode. Wash says, "Hang on, travelers," before he mm-hmm. hits the thrust yep. of the of the ship, uh, of Serenity. Not the Serenity. It's just Serenity. Just Serenity. Just Serenity. I think um, 
gosh, I and don't get me wrong, the Cowboy Bebop that we keep coming back to does seem like it has good rules, at least on paper, just from what I've read of its description, but I guess that's the thing. If you want to run a licensed RPG, make sure you have expectations. It's it's a lot of the same stuff, isn't it, always? Yeah. A lot of the same advice that you would apply to your normal game comes to licensed RPGs. Well, and I was going to say, my, my answer to the, the question is session zero. Sit down with your players and go over your expectations, because... If your players, if you're going into, say, the Lord of the Rings RPG, and your players are expecting, like, a very epic tale, just be prepared to rewrite the story. Just be prepared to change the canon as necessary to do that. And if you don't want to have to do that, then either pick a setting or make sure that your players are aware, hey, we're going to do kind of a street-level thing here. It's going to be... It's going to be very low impact on the grand scheme of things. Doesn't mean it's not going to be fun, but you know you're not throwing the ring into Mordor. <laughs> like, well, don't do not go into this expecting that you are throwing the ring into Mordor. That's Frodo's job, not yours. I would say that you can actually have, uh, as someone who has read the game front to back, I think in the One Ring Second Edition, never read the first one, uh, that you could have a epic campaign. It's just the only thing you're not allowed to do is take the ring to Mordor. Mordor. You could, you might even have um, an entire adventure around one of the other rings of power. There's yeah. tons of other rings of That's power, true. right? You could you could, there's there's other things in the Lord of the Rings lore that you could have an epic scale adventure in. It's just not going to be the most important epic adventure that happens. That's true. That's very true. Heck, I, I in my brain just now, I was like, oh, what about a story where like Rivendell is threatened and you have to prevent a large-scale attack against Rivendell? Sure, it's not canon, but I think it sounds like fun. Here's a... I think we got time for a little... a couple more questions here. What, uh, what would you do... Uh, I guess, what would you pick if I approached you? Say you've got a publishing company, and you are going, you've, you've already got one game, under, one or two games under your belt, and I approach you with my existing license, uh, and I want you to design the rules for my setting. Which setting would you hope to uh, design a game for? Man. If that's, you, that's, a wild, that's a heavy question. Yeah. If, if, if I was going to be like, hey, you need to... You need to make my game. Which game would you be most excited to try and design rules to make the rules fit the flavor of that setting? Okay, in order for me to answer this, I have to assume that I am I can get the IP rights for things that have already been done. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure almost every popular RP or IP has already been done in some role-playing capacity. Oh, or most, the of, most vast, of them have. vast majority of them. But most of them have multiple editions. Mm -hmm. uh, like... Like I said, there have been multiple, both just take, you know, Shadowrun has changed hands between yeah. different game studios. There have been different studios that have done different Star Wars RPGs. Yeah, it's It was uh, West End Games back in the 70s or 80s or whatever, and now it's uh, Fantasy Flight that is the current one. Yeah. So yes, it can even be an existing one that's been done before. Which setting would you be, or perhaps not necessarily, it could be the one you're most excited about, uh, and both, and or one you feel most capable of replicating. I know for a fact that it would be something anime. Okay. I don't know for sure what, but I would, I would want to do some kind of like really over the top, like 
characters with signature moves, kind of. Like a shonen battle anime. Like something, yeah, something yeah. something like that. I don't know that it wouldn't, like, I mean, because even in my head I'm thinking, well, a Gundam, a Gundam game would be cool. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will never uh, be displeased at the release of a different mecha RPG. Yeah, yeah just well, give me all I, the options. I just finished watching Trigon again. Oh, yeah. And I really do like that, like, dusty, kind of Old West planet vibe that that has. That combines a lot of things that I really like. There's there's definitely the sci-fi element. There's definitely, like, the Western element to it. Take your own crack at doing from-the-ground-up quick-shooting rules. Yeah. Or quick-draw rules mm-hmm. and such things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it would be hard for me to pick just one. But I would, I would definitely want something with a more over-the-top kind of anime style where, like, you deliberately, like, if you were doing shooting rules, that you deliberately had abilities that would allow characters to ricochet bullets in unrealistic Very cinematic combat. Yeah, or, yeah like, okay. or, like, certain abilities where a dude with a sword can charge a guy with a gun, cutting the bullets in half as he goes. Stuff that just defies reality in every conceivable way, but... That's, it's that, fun. That, it gives you a really fun feeling when you do it. Rule of cool is the law yeah, in a like, game like that. Like something like that would be... Like anything oh, under that vein, I could probably get away with doing something with, and I'd really enjoy it. All right. Yeah, good answer. Uh, I think that'll about wrap it up, though, okay. for licensed RPGs. Um, I, and even though that you hate them, or dislike them, I should say, that you would still be willing to make a cool, over-the-top uh, shonen battle anime. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I'm sure I could find something I'd enjoy. Oh, yeah. Uh, that said, uh, I hope that you have enjoyed your time here at the Game Master Speakeasy. I've been Cody, and this has been Lance, who's currently, Lance. Yeah, he's been currently taking a swig of yep. his New Glarus coffee stout. You caught me drinking. <laughs> um, if you have enjoyed your time here, please uh, check us out on social media and come back next episode. And if you've missed the first 16, go watch or listen to some of those. And I would like to ask anyone currently listening who has any sort of questions comments concerns recommendations to hit us up at gmspeakeasyofficial at gmail.com other than that the only thing i ask is that you get home safe Want to hear more from the record button? You can find us wherever you find podcasts, like Transistor, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. To stay up to date on our releases, find us on Facebook at the Record Button Production Group and on Twitter at TRBPRODGRP. Or stop by our website at recordbuttongroup.com, where we have links to our merch and other shows such as Wasteland Active Radio and Why Did I Write This? Thank you for listening.